0: But this morning, we're going to get into this because we're going to talk about healing and communion. And I want you to hear that. We're going to talk about healing and communion. And it's so important to understand what communion is about, why we do it, why we remember, and what it signifies in our life. Father, today, we thank you. For your grace and your mercy, Lord, we thank you for your word that is true. And Lord, today we thank you. We have an anticipation as we remember the body and the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that was broken and shed for us. Lord, today we come to remember. Your word says, do these things in remembrance of me. So we're here today to remember the covenant that we have with you and the provision that you've made available to us through your body, and through your blood. In your name we pray, and everybody said, amen. amen. So look at Hebrew, I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'll put it up up there, and uh, verses 11 uh, through 26, but, For I received from the Lord Paul writing to the church at Corinth, which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Say this, broken for me. me. Listen to what he's saying. On the night that he's being betrayed, he's telling his disciples, this represents my body that is about to be broken, that is being broken for you. Or in other words, I want you to take this personal. That you have a personal God. Jesus is saying, I am a personal Savior. The things that I'm about to experience are for your benefit. They are personally for your benefit. That is so important that we comprehend that. Do this in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread and drink the cup and remember me. Next verse, please. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is The what? The what? The new covenant that I'm making with you in my what? Blood, So you have a blood covenant with God. And what it means in blood covenant, literally, in the culture of that day, when you would make a covenant with somebody and you would seal that covenant in blood, what they would do, if you remember with Abraham, as Sean was referencing the faith of Abraham, where did Abraham get the faith to believe God had promised and not waver at it? Because when Abraham asked God in Genesis 15, how will I know that I will have an heir that I'll receive? the promise I have no heir in my house God said this is what you do you're going to prepare a sacrifice and you're going to lay it open and and so Abraham took the animals and sacrificed and you would lay them in half and the people making covenant would walk in the middle of that covenant. They they would walk through that blood. And what you're declaring is, may God do this, what's done to these animals, being slain and split in two, may God do this to me and more if I ever break my word in this covenant. May what's been done to do this sacrifice, may that be done to me and more if I ever break my promise to you that I'm making and sealing in blood. May I be split in two. May people walk on top of me and may my blood be spread on the ground if I ever break my word. I mean, no, that's serious commitment. And so Abraham goes, wait a minute, God walked through blood and he gave me his word and he is not a man that he would lie. So how do you hold on to the word of God? Listen to what Jesus said. This is the new covenant in my blood. If you would, Jesus allowed his body to become the sacrifice and he walked through his own blood and swore in his own blood that I am making a covenant with you. And we need to remind ourselves that we keep trying to, well, how do I receive it? How can I know God's word is true? Are you flipping kidding me? You have to be kidding me. God walked in his own blood to declare that his promises are yours. Now, what, what has to happen to us is that we have to believe the word of God and we have to take it serious. Can you say Amen. So follow with me as we go through your outline, and uh, we're going to cover just a couple things quickly, and then we're going to come back here. Look at the cover of your outline, if you would. As God's people, we have a decision to make when it comes to how we will face all the challenges of life. Every one of you, every day, you're facing challenges. What are you going to use to face those with? What's going to be your resource? What will we use for a compass to guide us through the sea of life? Everyone is faced with the same choices and challenges. They may come dressed up differently, but at the core, they really are the same. See, man has accomplished a lot of great things and has found answers and cures for many ailments, many of the ailments of life. I would even venture to say that most of the greatest discoveries were connected to a loss which produced a determination to do something about it. Many have spent their entire life searching for an answer in the medical field. In fact, polio, the polio vaccine was based around a a, a father whose child, who was a scientist who had polio, and he worked to get that vaccine. He could have kept it just for his family, but he made it available to the whole world. But many times a tragedy or a challenge in or a loss in some area drives people to fight for an answer. My question is this. What if we... We're to go after God in the same desire and intensity to understand the surety of His Word and to tap into the power of His promise. Every month we take communion. Every month we hold in our, in our hand a, a symbol of His body and a symbol of His blood. And we're doing that to remember. But what would happen if we say, God, I'm going to go after Your Word and after God with the same desire and the same intensity to understand the surety of your word, and to tap into the power of his promise. When you read the promises of God, you can stand. We hear people all the time, well, I'm just not sure it's the Lord's will for me to be healed. Are you, say it with me, flipping kidding me? <laughs> How? God, Jesus walked through his own blood by his stripes. You were healed. healed. Amen. So look at what it says. Matthew 8 and verse 17 says this. He himself took. Everybody say took. (laughs) Took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He took your infirmities, your sicknesses, your weaknesses, every frailty of your life. He bore it upon himself and he carried it to the cross. Can you say amen? He bore our sicknesses, carried our weaknesses. Isaiah 53 and verse 5 says, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So let me just say that healing is already a finished work. You have to remember, as you've heard me say it before, the devil wants you to believe what he knows is not true. He knows you are the healed of the Lord. He does not want you to believe that. He wants you to believe what he knows is not true. The devil is a liar. He says, these circumstances are here, it can't change. We even have religious people helping him out. Saying that God's now going to give you sickness and disease so he can teach you something? Well, if that's true, let, let, me, let me just put you like this. If you have a doctrine that believes that God's given you sickness and disease to teach you something, I rebuke you if you go to the doctor. If God gave it to you to teach you something, you say, bring it on, Lord. I want to learn everything I can. But if you believe God put it on you to teach you something, and you're going to the doctor to get cured of what God's trying to teach you of, you're rebelling against God. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Good. We'll fix your doctrine real quick. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 8, 13 says, Jesus said to to the centurion, look what he said. He says, go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. The centurion said, Lord, if you will speak the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And that's what I want you to hear this morning. It is so important what you believe. What do you believe about healing? Where, what, what's your faith around healing? What's God going to do in your life? What are the limitations and the restrictions that you have in your mind about God? As you have believed, that's what's going to be done to you. My, my, my job here this morning and my purpose this morning is to ramp up what you believe, to strengthen what you believe in God, to reassure what you believe in God, and get you back in walking in covenant provision. Can you say amen? That's the will of God for our lives. See, the anointing comes to accomplish what is preached. The anointing comes to accomplish what is preached. Because the Word of God always comes with authority. God's Word always comes with authority authority. Think about it. In, in, in Mark chapter 7 verse 29, we won't have time to read all the references in here. I give these outlines to you and I make them up so that you, you can go home and study what's been preached to you. You need to get the word down on the inside of you. There's a reason that God said to Joshua, meditate in this word day and night. Keep it before your eyes. Keep it in your heart. Then you will make your way. Get that. Then the word getting in you, in your heart and in your mind and before your eye, when the word gets in you, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Be strong and be of good courage. Have I not told you that I will do it? Amen. So God's declared that he's on our side. But at the same time, you know what we battle again? You have a million voices speaking against you. And many times you have friends, you have family, you have relatives, you, you have people around you, and you're trying to believe God, and their voice is not the voice of God. It's not building faith, it's not doing anything else. Yeah, you, you tell somebody, oh man, I, I, I feel like I have a sin. Oh, I know somebody who had that and died. You're in trouble. Thank you. That encourages me. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> who needs friends? The enemies. When I got friends like you. Amen. Hallelujah. So, watch this. So, his word was with authority. Matthew 7, 29, he taught the Beatitudes, and they said they never heard anybody speak like him, because he spoke as one with authority. Jesus was anointed. Acts 10 tells us Peter declaring to Cornelia that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he has passed that anointing on to us. Somebody say, I am anointed. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20 says, and you have an unction, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you don't need anybody to teach you, but He, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the unction of God, teaches you and leads you and guides you into all truth. Amen? And God's people being sick. Brother Reddick was an evangelist that that, uh, was a friend of my pastor's for years. And Brother Reddick said, we have it all backward. We're not supposed to try to be healed. We're supposed to believe to live in divine health. Amen. The promise of God is that we would be healthy, not just need to be healed all the time. We're using God as a prescription instead of using Him as our life. We keep Him on the shelf until we get a symptom, and then we're going to take a little bit and try and get rid of it. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good this morning. Amen. Amen. So, Isaiah said that the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. How many know sickness is a yoke? And the anointing of God and the Word of God will break you. Think about it. The Bible says that Jesus went everywhere and, and the disciples went everywhere preaching the Word, and the Lord confirmed His word with signs following. And so there's an anointing on the word that brings authority and brings power. So we ask ourselves, what did Jesus preach? What did Jesus really preach? Our message should not be changed. From his message, he preached peace with God, restoration, and covenant provision. Jesus came to reconcile back and bring people back into a peace relationship, back into covenant relationship with God, and to restore what was missing. You heard me say it last week when we're talking about the backstory, with the woman bound over for 13 years, said, Wait a minute, this woman has a covenant right not to be bound by the devil. And he came to restore her covenant right. So think about it, how to stand, how do we stand with Abraham, Sean actually read it this morning or talked about this morning, but if you want to turn over there, go to Romans chapter 4 and we'll just look at it real quick. In fact, you had it up, go ahead and put it back up there, David, if you have it, Romans chapter 4, 16 through 24. See, I, I want you to see this this morning while they're getting that, go back to the PowerPoint slide just for a second. Look at Jesus was opposed for what he did in church on Sunday morning, if you would. The opposition that Jesus received from the religious people was for what he did in church on Sunday morning. I tell you right now, you start telling people that God still heals today, that this body and this blood declares covenant provision, and religious people will get up in your face. People are saying, hey, there's six days to be healed. Come and be healed. Nobody was getting healed on any day. That's why that woman was bound for 18 years. Are you listening to me? That's why the lame man sat at the gate of the temple just begging for money instead of being healed. Because in the covenant, there was provision to be healed. When the leper said, Lord, will you heal us? If you will, you can heal us. Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priest. Go and perform what the law says for For the healing of leprosy. There was provision. You read it. Go back and read Leviticus. You'll find out that if there's leprosy, there's provision on how to be healed under the law. Are you with me? And so it was there. How much more does it belong to us today? Romans, if you would, if you have it. Verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to what? All the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Say, I am am. of the faith of Abraham. Next verse. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him of whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. When you know you have a covenant right, you can call and declare the provision of the covenant because the answer is different than your symptom. If you have a symptom in your body, you start declaring yourself the healed of the Lord. Instead of next time saying, I'm coming down with this, I'm coming down with this, start declaring, I am the healed of the Lord. I refuse to give in to sickness and disease. Either that or just enjoy being sick. Glory to God. Don't get mad at me for preaching real good. Amen. Next verse. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believe. Look, who contrary to hope. He's in a hopeless situation. How many of you ever heard somebody where they went to the doctor and said, I'm sorry, there's no hope, there's nothing else we can do. It is a hopeless situation. Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah was over 90 years old. That is a hopeless situation for having a child. Do you understand? I've heard that too. Amen. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Next verse. And not being weak in, he did not consider. Say, did not consider. Look at that. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He says, I'm not moved by the circumstances. I'm not moved by the conditions. I'm not considering the natural. I'm not going to let things that are temporal. I'm not going to let things that are natural counteract. The God who created all things, the God who made my body, the God who created the heavens and the earth is the one who has declared that I will be a father. I choose to agree with the Creator not the circumstance. Can you say amen? So he declares it, And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Next verse. And and he did not waver at the promise of God through what? Unbelief. Unbelief is when you talk yourself out of the promise. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Amen. I gotta hurry up to get through this and be able to pray for you this morning. Amen. So what's this? His word is still anointed with power today. It is still the ministry of Jesus. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 5 it says they were carrying on the ministry of Jesus who will continue and they were with us in this ministry. This is still the ministry of Jesus. This is not my ministry. This is not anybody else's ministry. This is the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are His body. He is the head and we are to be doing His works in the earth. We are the representation of Christ in the earth can you say amen Amen. think about it he is preaching to us hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2 said jesus is declaring the word of god to us. think about it ephesians 2 it is the same message of peace that comes through standing in faith in jesus we are no longer in fact if you have your bibles go with me to ephesians chapter 2 this is powerful this may be the last verse we read this morning in order to get through all this but i want you to see this ephesians chapter 2 And beginning in verse 12, or actually verse 11. Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who also called uncircumcised by what is called the circumcision made by the flesh, made in the flesh by hand, that in time you were without Christ. Look at this. Look at verse 12. That At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Now look at verse 13. But now. But now. Somebody say, but now. now. The but nows are some of the best verses in the Bible. (laughs) Amen. But now. You were but now. Now, somebody say now. Now. So I was, but now I am. Are you with me? Watch this. But now in Christ, you once who were afar off have been made near by what? By the blood of Christ. So we're going to receive communion in just a moment. You're going to hold in your hand a cup. And what Paul is saying, when you do this in remembrance of me, remember this is the blood of the new covenant that I've made with you. You now are in relationship with God by virtue of shed blood. Amen. I love this. But now, but, but through the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one, has broken down the middle wall of division between us, having abolished in his flesh his body, the enmity that is, the law of commandment, and contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might re- reconcile them both to God in one body, through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him, somebody say "Through through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Verse 19, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Somebody ought to shout amen. That passage of Scripture right there is enough to give you the victory in every situation. I'm not a stranger. I'm now brought nigh by the virtue of His blood. Hallelujah. So think about it. His Word is still with power. Next slide, please. His Word is still with power. It is the Word that carries the power. Not a special man or a special ministry. There are special ministries, but they will fail without the Word. Can you say amen? Think about it. See, the Word carries the power. Not a special man. There are special ministries, but they fail. There are ministries set in the church. These special ministries work at times as the Spirit wills. But the Word works at all times. Somebody say, the Word works. works. At all times. The Word of God will always work. People are running to and fro. And yes, we lay hands on the sick. You call for the elders. You do that. But if you can't get to anybody, you always have the Word. The Word always works. That's why we're called to be a people of the Word. Are you with me? We must be a people of the Word. The Word works at all times for anyone who will stand upon it. This is our battleground. Amen. In fact, Matt posted a, a thing by a guy the other day. You know what? The, the, the guy's got him said, hey, why do we need to let a book that fell from the sky be the guidelines for how we live? I said, buddy, you're about as dumb as a bag of rocks. Amen. Hey, man. but, but, I mean, but man's done that all along. You, you know what the one problem with this word is? There's one problem that this word brings to everybody's life. This is a word of authority. This is not a word of suggestion. This is a word of authority. In order for this to work, you have to come under the authority. Let me just go back to this. Covenant was usually made after a battle. And many times in the Old Testament, covenant was made, the stronger would make covenant with the weaker. And the stronger would declare to the weaker, now that you have been conquered, I will step in and be a protector and a provider for you. And anybody who comes against you has to go through me first. Because in covenant, yes, I have conquered you, but I've also taken the position as your protector. Are you listening to me? And to make sure that you will always have provision. So when somebody comes out against you in Old Testament term, or in in. in in covenant term, it would mean that if somebody comes out against you, uh, you'd say, okay, uh, wait right here. Uh, I'll be right back. Sick them. Yeah, yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. That's what covenant meant. Hey, uh, uh, these people have come out, and enemies come out against me. I'm in covenant with you. You're my provider. For them to get to me, they have to go through you. Go get them. That's what you have with God. This is why David said to Goliath, "You come against me with the sword and the spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Who are you to defy the army of God? Are you with me?" So God is on your side. There are so many promises that belong to us to seeing God as our salvation. Are you with me this morning? So when sickness and disease come against you, what did Jesus do with sickness and disease? He bore your infirmities. He took your sicknesses, and he took them to the cross. He defeated sickness and disease. Part of the curse was physical sickness, spiritual death, physical sickness, and poverty was the threefold curse of the law. You've been redeemed from all three. Amen. It's not spiritual to be poor. Could I get an Amen. God doesn't want you to be poor. He wants you able to be a blessing. Amen. He doesn't want you sick. How many know you don't feel like doing much for God when you're sick? God doesn't want you to be the sick of the Lord. He wants you to be the healed of the Lord so you can take His healing powers to others who need to know Him. Hallelujah. So that's where we are. So think about this. There's power in the blood. Can you say amen? There is power to break every chain, to break every yoke, every bondage off of your life. Covenant and kingdom are the DNA of the Bible. The Bible is a covenant. The Old Testament and the New Testament. A testament is a covenant. A will and testament. Are you listening to me? And so you have a covenant with God. Hallelujah. Think about it. Our struggle, look at your Bible, I mean your outline. Our struggle is not with God. We are not in confrontation with God. The battle is against our unbelief. The thoughts, the ideas, and concepts in our mind that speak against the Word of God and render the covenant non-effective in our life. Your battle is not with God. You don't have a conflict with God. You don't have to try to get God to move on your behalf. God moved on your behalf in his son at Calvary. Can you say amen? That was God moving. What is God's will? He already moved on your behalf. Are you listening to me? So important. Our battles are against the Goliaths of life that come out to defy the armies of God. Whenever there is a challenge, we will have to determine how we will respond. Always remember that we are not fighting a single battle, but we are in a war. Wars are not won or lost by one victory or one defeat. Could you say amen? You don't win a war that way. Say this with me. The devil is a liar. You have to understand that the devil, the word of God is always true and the devil will always be a liar. He will try to tell you that you can have what was paid for through the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So think about it. In the day that Christ walked the earth, people have become accustomed to living in defeat because the word of God had been made of no effect by the tradition of men. Jesus fought to break through that barrier and to reaffirm the promise of God to His people. That's what Jesus wore again. To today we have people say God doesn't heal today. God doesn't move by His Spirit today. The gifts of the Spirit. We're just ripping everything out of the Bible. And saying God does not But God's raising back up a people. In fact, I read an article the other day that came out and said people think, don't, don't be ashamed about going to a Pentecostal church. Do you know the Pentecostal church is the fastest growing segment of Christianity in the world today? Because people say, hey, I've been going through this thing and there's no power, there's no life, there's no hope. I want to plug into something where God actually is. Can you say amen? amen. So you're in a great place. Hallelujah. Think about it. The power of God is present to heal because God is present to perform or keep his covenant promise to his people. The power, there's power right here this morning to heal in Jesus' name because God is a covenant keeper. Think about it. God's power and ability are not manifest until a demand is placed upon his promise. Many times we don't see it. When was the last time you placed a demand upon the promise of God? How you been? Watch this. See these lights right up here? These operate on demand. David, help me out here for a minute. Turn, 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 turn these overhead lights on. All of them. Turn them all off. Both switches. There you go. Turn them back on. Power on demand. There's power coming into this building, going through a switch, and it operates on demand. It operates on, it's not just free out there roaming around, it operates on demand, it, it operates with, so by faith, every day you walk over by faith, you get up in the morning, you don't want to stub your toe, you don't want to break your little toe in the corner of your bed or whatever, so you get up and what do you do? You place a demand on some power to light your way. Are you with me? You turn a switch, you turn a lamp, you have a nightlight on or whatever, but when you walk into a dark room, you reach over to where the power is, and you place a demand on that power to light your way. By faith, you believe when you you flip that switch, light will come on. And you stand there and go, glory to God. I felt that. Light. Be. I walked into the room. I made a demand on the power. I said, light be. And light was. Sounds silly, doesn't it? But that's how simple the promise of God is to you. God said, I placed my power and made it available to you upon demand. When you speak my word. You flip the switch that releases the power. Are you with me this morning? When you speak my word, you flip the switch that releases the power. Think about it. In Luke chapter fifteen, uh, chapter five, verse seventeen, you can read it. Jesus in the house, and then it says the power of the Lord was present to heal. The multitudes were there, but nobody's there. the power of the Lord's present. Nobody's getting healed until four friends drop their friend through a roof and drop him in the middle of that, and the one guy gets healed. The power of the Lord is there to heal the multitudes, but nobody's placing a demand on the power. Nobody. Until four friends release their faith and faith places demand and then Jesus heals the paralytic man. I'm gonna skip through some of this. Think about it. The woman with the issue of blood made a demand on that power. Blind Bartimaeus, the ten lepers, the centurion, J. Iris for his daughter, a father for a lunatic son. They did not even they, they did so not even knowing at times that they had a birthright to the promise. If we would become convinced of our birthright in Christ, things would change dramatically. Everybody, look up here. You have a birthright in Christ. You are in Christ. You have a covenant right in Him. He made everything we read. And he, he brought everybody together in Himself, and so you are in Christ, and you have that covenant right in you. Think about it. Power that flows. Quit that. Power that flows without a demand being placed upon it is wild and destructive and not of God. Are you listening to me? Power that just flows. How many know when there's a storm out there and one of those power lines go down and that thing's just laying out there? There's all the power to light all the home, but what's happening? It's not connected to a source. There's not a, you can't make a demand on it. It's just raw, full power. If you come in contact with that, how I many know that's destructive? Same thing with God God doesn't release his power like that. That's why we have to be people of the word. That's why the Bible says, go and make disciples. That means people that are taught, instructed on how to walk with God in His Word. Electricity upon demand produces light and heat. Electricity uncontrolled produces fire and death. The Word of God still carries the power to heal, deliver, and set free. The anointing still breaks the yoke. We have a birthright to walk in the provision of the covenant that God made with His Son on our behalf through His body and His Blood, can you say amen? You have a birthright to walk in covenant promise with God through the body of His Son. There is power in the blood of Jesus. Are you with me this morning? Power in Him. So what do I have to do? I have to change. The other day I was talking to to somebody and they were talking about, and they were all worried about things that was going to happen. I said, all that stuff is what is. You need to get back in the Word because the Word of God is not what if, it is what is. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this? That's all conjecture and, 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 and supposition and, and frivolity. There's no substance to it. It's just made up ideas and fears. The Word of God doesn't talk about what if. The Word of God declares what is. And when you focus on what is, you receive the promise. Can you say amen? amen. Am I helping anybody today? Amen. Praise the Lord. So watch this. We can plug into the power and the covenant promise of God. If a man in the natural can give his whole life to search for a natural cure for the ailments of humanity, how much more should we live to see the fulfillment of God's promise come to pass in the lives of his people? See, it's always bothered me. People always wonder, why, Pastor, how come you're so passionate? How come you get fired about everything? Because it torques me off. It really it spiritually aggravates me. Especially, we're going to remember the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we've accepted all this religious philosophy that strips the power out of the death and the resurrection of our Savior. Amen. Religion. Religion. religious, A religious spirit is the strongest demonic force in the earth. The, most, the strongest spirit to break is a religious spirit. And it's one that is super hard to recognize in our own lives. Wow! I need the worship team to come back and the ushers to come quickly. Look at what this says. I'm going to read these verses to you as they're coming and preparing communion. Look at that. Now, I'm, I'm going to read these Old Testament verses to you, and I want you to hear that. These are Old Testament verses, and these are promises that God gave to his people about healing. And these are promises sealed in the blood of animals. God said, I'm making a covenant with you, and we're going to seal that covenant in the blood of a lamb or of a goat or of a bull. Some type of animal is going to give its blood, and that blood's going to declare that I'm going to keep my promise. So what? Exodus 23, verse 25 and 26 says, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. Watch this. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. What does that mean? That means we would be the healed of the Lord, not needing to be healed. We would walk in divine health, not just needing a miracle for healing. Are you with me? No one shall suffer miscarriages or be barren in your land, and I will fulfill the number of your day. That means you will live long in the earth. You will not die prematurely. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their stresses. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful work to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and Declare His works with rejoicing, Hallelujah! Somebody ought to shout, "I am the healed of the Lord." Look at this last one: Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals? Who heals? Who he else? all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. How do you stay young in the Lord? How do you stay strong in the Lord? You stand on the Word of God. Thank you, Lord. Youth possesses me. Thank you, Lord. I'm not growing older. I'm growing stronger. I believe your Word. I don't care what anybody says. I'm a man of the Word. I'm a covenant man. There's blood upon my life. It's the blood of my Lord and Savior. Somebody ought to shout amen. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for your word that is true. We thank you for your promises that are sure. And we thank you that we are a people and we are not here today based upon the blood of animals placed upon the blood uh, of someone that we don't have relationship with but Father we thank you we are here today because you loved us so much you gave your only son That he would bring his body to be broken for us. And his blood to be shed for us. That we might be the redeemed of the Lord. So today we are taking communion by faith. We believe in the broken body and the shed blood of our Lord. We are a covenant people. We are no longer strangers. We are no longer aliens. We are joint heirs, and the promises are ours. And today we believe that we receive in Jesus name. Step out to your left, come down, let the usher serve you, and we're going to pray. You're holding in your hands right now elements of remembrance. Why don't you look up here at this picture? And I'm going to tell you right now, that's a graphic picture. But that does no justice to literally what Jesus looked like. The Bible says that he was completely unrecognizable. That you would look upon him and would have caused you to turn. That he was so brutally disfigured, you would not have been able to recognize him. Literally scourged until his bones could be seen through his flesh. So what I'm telling you today, when you hold in your hand these elements, you're holding the declaration of God that you are the healed of the Lord and you're holding an answer that a God would love you so much that He would physically become like you to be able to identify with you to take everything that fallen nature that the fall of Adam could have placed upon you that He would come to take all of that off of you to carry it Himself to endure it at a cross so that you could be completely free. You are the redeemed of the Lord. This is your covenant. And this is your right to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free, to have a sound mind. This is your right to sleep at night. This is your right to be fearless in life, to not have anxiety or worry or stress over anything else. This is your prescription for divine health and divine life. In the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father today I thank you. For the body and the blood of your son. Today we remember. That your body was broken for us. Today we believe that as we receive this bread. Your brokenness. Brings wholeness to us. And today we thank you. And we receive it in Jesus name. Receive the bread with me.